you tend to blame yourself if I was stronger, if I was smarter, mm. if I were tougher, if I were, mm-hmm. if I were making more money. But it, it has nothing to do with that. It, it's it's chemistry. I'm Lily Cornell Silver, and welcome to Mind Wide Open, my mental health focused interview series. Today, I am talking to comedian Gary Goldman, who has an incredible HBO special called The Great Depression, all about his struggles with severe depression. Today, he and I are talking about his experiences being hospitalized for depression, the importance of talking about your own mental health, and how he has infused that into comedy. Thank you so much for watching, and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Gary. Thank you so much for being here. I'm sure everyone that you've ever talked to has said this to you, but um, The Great Depression, incredible. Um, oh, and your ability you. to, to talk about mental health in, you know, in a forum that is so real and doesn't undermine any of the honesty of the pain you've experienced, but still allows others to relate to it is like so admirable and something that I hope to achieve one day. <laughs> like so, oh, so amazing. So thank you. Yeah. For that. I, I mean, the thing is, is, when I was your age, I was suffering from, from depression and I told no one. I used to sneak into my therapist's office at the, at the college. And, and so the, the good thing is that you are coming of age at a time when, when people are talking about it in full mm-hmm. voice, not whispering about it or sharing secrets about it or, or feeling hopeless about it. So I, I, I say this a lot. There has never been a better time to be mentally ill. <laughs> no, honestly, honestly, that's super true. And I, I talked about this in an interview I did with some of my friends that I grew up with. And something that we talked about was like in third grade, second grade, our parents had us all in therapy and none of us told each other. Like we were all t- telling our therapists as kids, like, none of my friends are in therapy. Like I'm weird. I'm crazy. And now that we're older and we've talked about it, like we found out that we were all in therapy. Like some of us even yes. had the same but like it's you're so right that that's something that yeah, my friends and yeah. I talk about and it's it's, good. it's really yeah it's really fantastic and and I mean I I there were so many reasons why I couldn't have done it even five years ago one of them was was just I I I I wasn't well mm-hmm. but the the other thing was that I I didn't really have an audience that. I, I felt would would go along with me in this sort of departure from what I usually do because my my act was was rather rather tame with with respect to the the darkness of it I I didn't get very dark and I I don't mean mm-hmm. to say that the the depression I got very dark but the subject tends to be something right. that people people feel uncomfortable around so I, I I was very fortunate I I had that audience that was so generous with their with their with their hearts and and with their time and and were were patient with me while I was while I was practicing it and and trying things out and and it was I couldn't have done it without them honestly right right and something that I've experienced in doing this series is kind of the realization of of how much people want to talk about it like people yes. are so dehydrated for these conversations <laughs> um so that's I'm I'm glad you experienced the same thing that it's something that people really are like wanting to talk about they want to hear other people's stories they want to hear your story they want to share their story with you 
Um, so I think that's yeah. good news. And, and I think that's something you'll, you'll notice over and over again is that this thing you were so worried people would judge you on or dismiss you or be concerned with working with you. It's, it's just the opposite. It, it, it allows them to share their, their stories and their pain and, and it brings you closer with them. I, I'll give you an example. A man during the show started fumbling around and talking to people around him. And he, and he mm. said, what is this for you therapy? And, and, and the rest of the audience were so, so alarmed by that and, right. and were so, th- so thrown by that, that they, they, they cheered me when he left. I, I mean, I, <laughs> I, 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 I told him, I said, well, the name of the show is the great depression. And right. <laughs> I, 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 I guess that was confusing to you, but, but I mean, it was it was worth him doing that just because the people showed me how much they right. cared for me, and it was it was really nice. So I, I I think all the things that I feared about letting my manager and and other people I worked with know about these things, and 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 I I didn't say all of it at once. I told mm-hmm. them I was depressed, and then later on I told them that I was checking into the hospital, mm-hmm. and then. Even later than that, I told them what what kind of treatment I had, which was, I thought people would be horrified when I told them that I had electroconvulsive therapy. Mm. And it, it, it turns out they, they didn't bat an eye and they, they thought mm. it was interesting and, and just they, they thought it was something that people w- would get some, some use from hearing about somebody else, especially other people who've done it. And right didn't Probably feel they could, they could share it. it. Yeah, yes, exactly. yes. And it, it's, yeah, it's so helpful. So would you say that the answer to him about, is this show like therapy for you? Would, do you think, because <laughs> oh, I'm genuinely like that, it seems like the answer might be yes. Like, yes. yeah, it is a form of yeah. therapy. Yeah, it is. It is therapy, and it and it was especially at the beginning when I first started just telling a, a few stories at very small venues, maybe less than thirty people in the in the audience. Mm-hmm. And I found that getting out of the out of the house and and being around other comedians, and then and then having this sort of adrenaline flow when you get on stage, that was that was immensely therapeutic. There was a time when going up and, and doing the shows was very painful and it, and it, and it wasn't, it, it wasn't helping. It wasn't beneficial. And, and one of the reasons was that my performance would dictate my mood mm-hmm. so that if I had a bad yeah. show, I couldn't get out of bed the next day. Yeah. And that sounds very familiar growing up in a, in a music environment. <laughs> that sounds very familiar. Yes. And, and that is for somebody who works every night. It's like, there's a referendum on your, on your worth every night. And, and that is unhealthy and it's not, it's not safe for me. So I, I, I just happened to be reading a, an article about this, this author that I I really liked and it was his notebook. And in the notebook, he had taped a quote and I could barely make out the quote, but it was, it was this. Ever tried, ever failed, no matter. Try again, fail again, fail better. And fail better became sort of my, my motto, my mantra, <laughs> because it, it, and it, and it, was, it was miraculous because it, it freed me from all the pressure and the, the, the fear of, okay, if it goes well, I'll feel good about myself. And if it doesn't, I will, I will be... 
I'll, I'll be inconsolable. And, and once I, I was able to deal with that and it's a, and it's a lesson that I should have learned as a, as a child, but I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know how I didn't, didn't figure out that it was okay to fail and, and, and crucial to growing as a person and, and as an artist. I think being in the public eye is a different, different ball game in that like the failure feels like it has a higher stake maybe. Yeah. It was hard enough just to talk about this stuff without also having to be perfect about it and super funny every time. Right. So I, I, once I was able to give myself that, that permission, it, it wasn't smooth sailing as far as I wrote everything in a day. It was just that every show wasn't, there were no, there, there were stakes. I wanted to do well, but the stakes weren't my, my life and, and, and mm -hmm. my, my happiness. It was, it was, and I still get bummed out if I have a, a bad show, but I also can look at it as, as something that was, was actually moving me forward. Definitely. Yeah. And fail is a strong word. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> Fail is a right. strong word. I think we, yeah, we take a, the word failure yeah. too lightly. That's a great, um, that's a great point. And, and maybe, <laughs> maybe I, I use it so frequently because I've, I've repurposed it for, right. for meaning taking a, a risk and then totally. not, not nailing it. Yeah. People that I've talked to, it's kind of gotten to a point where, you know, especially for our generation and the generation above me, it's like we either continue the stigma and don't talk about it and literally like die or go crazy or we talk about it. You know, like the options have become limited, limited, limited. Like, okay, yeah. we need to talk about this. This needs yeah. to be talked about. Yeah. Not talking about it didn't, didn't work at all. Right. And, and, and <laughs> we learned by example, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and I was 19 when I first went to a therapist and, and mm -hmm. once I had a name for it and I understood it, it didn't wipe out all the blame. And that, that's some of the worst parts of, about, about this type of thing is that you, you tend to blame yourself. If I were stronger, if I was smarter, mm -hmm. if I were tougher, if I were, mm -hmm. if I were making more money, but it, it has not nothing to do with that. It, it's, it's chemistry. And I, I, I remember I used to walk to my therapist and there was a huge, like it was just painted on a, on a building. It was an advertisement. It wasn't a, it wasn't a billboard. It was literally painted on a building. Mm -hmm. And, and it said that mental illness is not a character flaw. And, mm. and I would read it every day and I would, and I would think to myself, well, it is in my case. If I were, if I were stronger <laughs> and, I, and if I, if I were tougher, I, I, I could fight my way through this. And, mm -hmm. and now on the, on the other side of that, as somebody who's in his right mind, I can say, no, that's exactly right. It's not a, it's not a character flaw. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's so sad that the very thing we need to, to get out of it is the thing that's attacking us and, and telling us we, we can't. It's, it's right. It's crazy. Right. And something that you've talked about is that the feeling that like the real version of you and then the version of you that others perceive, there's such a gap between those yes. two things. Um, and for me, in my struggles with grief and anxiety and, and with my own depression, that has been kind of the, the major cause of isolation for me or the feeling of isolation that, you know, people see me as very like happy and, and positive and bubbly and, and, I struggled greatly with trying to convey like this, this other side of me that I'm kind of the only one that knows what that's like. So I'm curious to hear your experiences with that. And if that caused a sense of isolation for you. When people think you have a perfect life and you tell them that your life is not perfect, they, I, I think, 
not, not that they're glad. They're, they're just, just to know that you're not perfect and that you have your struggles makes you more human. And I, I think that's where, where a connection is, is, is strengthened there. And there will be people who say, listen, I, I don't, I don't want to hear complaints from somebody who is doing better than me or is, or is, is I, I just can't handle it. And, and that's, that's fine. I mean, I've had that too. And, and mm. it's, and it's, and it's sad and it's, and it's unfortunate, but th- for the, for the most part, I mean, with only a few exceptions, people are, are very happy to help and, and it it strengthens the relationship. So I'm not sure if I, I answered your, your question. I No, absolutely. I think um, that's something that I talk about a lot in this series is, you know, mental health being kind of a unifying thing in the sense that everyone experiences it at some point. And even if you're, you know, someone who doesn't struggle with things, um, you know, where it's at the kind of the forefront of your being in the forefront of your life, you know, somebody, you know, who has, yeah. and, and, um, yeah, I think that that's so important. And that's where so much of the stigma needs to be shed is around the fact that like, we, we feel like we can't talk about it with other people or, or even like view it as complaining. I had the worst depressive episode of my life from 2015 until near the end of 2017. And it was, it was it was reasonable that I would be hospitalized. Right. There were several other depressive episodes that I had in my life where it didn't get to that level where I, at no point would I say I, I need to be in the hospital. I need to, to have some, some serious treatment and, and I can't take care of myself, but it, it, it wasn't a fun time. I was right. depressed. It was just right. a low grade and everything I was doing was very difficult. The exercising <laughs> that was supposed to make me feel better was so difficult. The, yeah. the, just and like getting the out last to- thing you want to do, the yes. absolute last yes. thing. Yeah. Yes. And, and even just keeping up with my wife, who's, who's, I think she's 5'11", I'm six foot six. So she's about seven inches shorter than me. Keeping up with her walking was, was difficult. Mm-hmm. Like there are physical components to depression that, mm-hmm. that people either don't, don't mention because they feel so lousy or they think are just them, but they're, they're, they're a part of the, of the chemistry. It slows down your thinking. It slows down your, your walking. And I, I, I think that people, the, the thing that I, I, I'm concerned a little bit about is that people will think that they can't share their their tough times with me because it doesn't rise to the level of of checking yourself into a hospital. I want them to be mm-hmm. able to say, "I'm having a really hard time getting out of bed. I'm having a really hard time enjoying something." I mean, this is this is something that that people don't even bother complaining about. But these things that I used to enjoy are no longer bringing me bringing me any, any pleasure and, and mm-hmm. fun. And, and, and that's, that's, that's what life is, is those things that you bring you enjoyment that you look forward to. And if those things aren't working, then, then it's something that needs to be addressed. We get used to this feeling where we think just not wanting to quit my life and mm-hmm. stay in bed all day is, is good enough. And I don't right. want to push for more and I don't want to upset the, the, Apple, how does upset the apple cart expression still work today? It has no meaning at all. There's no apple cart that people are concerned about. Apple, apple, 
it's seldom just a cart full of apples, but anyhow, it's it's whoever <laughs> whoever made the expression is really doing some some uh, overtime. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is that you're you're satisfied with a very unsatisfactory situation just because you right. know it could be much worse or it has gotten worse, and you just you settle and it's it's sad. I feel bad. I, right. I want people to thrive. Definitely, definitely, and that's conversations I've had with with friends many, many times is, um, you know, especially when, if I'm in a period of struggling and whoever I'm talking to is as well, that idea of like, how are you feeling? Like what's going on? And they say, you know, I, I don't want to die. So like, it's a really good day. And you're like, when did the bar get that low? You know, when did the, when did we decide that that's, that that's like, okay, I'm, it's okay for me to be surviving in that way. And, and that I don't need, you know, or or that I don't deserve to like do something to make my life feel better and make me want to live my life in a, in a fuller way. Upset, upset the apple cart is what I'm saying. You, you got to get out there and upset apple cart. You need to make carts. t-shirts with that on it. <laughs> Way to upset oh the apple cart. Um, something I, else that I was super curious to hear from you about is like in interpersonal relationships, like you mentioned your wife. Um, and I think a common theme for people that struggle with mental health and being in relationships is feeling like they're a burden, you know, and that's right. something I've absolutely experienced. Is like, how do I take care of myself when I'm barely able to do that and still like have the energy to be pleasant to be in a relationship with, you know? And so that's yeah. something I'm curious if you've, if you've experienced that. Yeah. I'm so, so glad you asked about this because I, I, I always try to get across what a, what a team effort it, it was for mm-hmm. me to me to get better. And, mm-hmm. and how my, my wife, Sade, she went, not the Sade, by the way. <laughs> I was um, going to say, dang. <laughs> right, right. I, I, <laughs> it's, it's a Sade. So <laughs> she, but, but I, I, I can't stress enough how helpful it was to have somebody who was was in it with me? Not to say that it's somebody who's who's not in it is not worth being with. It's not for everybody, but but I, I think it really helped my my cause along to have somebody who went to every psychiatry appointment with me mm-hmm. and who did reading on the on the side to figure out if there were new studies. She would bring up these new studies with the doctor, and that that was another case where the doctor wasn't wasn't arrogant and said, how dare you question my, I'm, I'm a, I'm a doctor. What do you think that diploma means up there? And, And he would, he would say that that is a promising area and we can look into that. Or he would say, that's actually not something that would be beneficial for, for Gary at this point. And, Mm -hmm. and so he never made her feel uncomfortably. He, took it in such a humble manner and, and she did really good research. She actually, and and I, th- I think the statute of limitations hopefully will have run out on this. But she grew mushrooms, psilocybin <laughs> mushrooms in our in our apartment because she had read a study that is actually incredibly promising and has has really done great things for for people about the effects of microdosing. Mm-hmm. mushrooms, the psilocybin, I, I think it is, although I don't know mm-hmm. mushrooms. I was always afraid that if I took mushrooms, I would have a trip that I never came back from. So I, I <laughs> was very careful about that. So I, so I get anxiety mu- taking melatonin. So that's, I can't do anything. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I can't do anything. 
but what I was was going to say that it that it's important or is it, you don't have to, but when you you get into a, a new relationship and you think it's going somewhere, I, I always told the people I have a history of severe depression and it gets mm-hmm. dark. And mm-hmm. if if you want to bail now, I would completely understand. Mm-hmm. So she kind of knew that I that I had this propensity, but mm-hmm. six months later, this started and she stuck mm-hmm. with me. And I'm and I'm grateful because I I like you said, there was part of me that felt like I was a burden mm-hmm. and I, I would have completely understood if she left me because it is nobody signs up for what I was going through. And right. and I, I'm I'm not sure I would have been as as strong as as she was I, mm-hmm. I mean it was it was it was valiant yeah that's beautiful that's beautiful and i think there's so <laughs> much to very, be said about having yeah. that like as a kind of prerequisite conversation because there are people who i mean i'm very young but like i've i've been with someone who really doesn't understand mental health and and isn't that's not you know part of what they could like conceive as being part of a relationship and i've been with someone who's like yeah like i totally know what that is and and to have that understanding and to have that willingness to go the extra mile to really try to understand it is makes such a difference yeah yeah and i i, I think the, the the one thing that i can say for people who who have had mental health issues is that we're we're pretty good partners when we're well because right. we're we're i've I don't know if there's any proof of this, but I, I want to say <laughs> I want to say we're I want to say we're more empathic or we're, we're right. more understanding. We at least get it, and right. and we're much less likely to to have to judge you or at least have any 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 standing to judge you. Like how dare we judge anybody else for their <laughs> yeah. for their issues? Yeah, right, right. I'm curious. This is kind of a 180, but I'm curious if you agree with the idea that like comedians are all a little bit off or comedians all have like struggle with mental health. And that's a thing. Cause that's something that is in, you know, like yeah. a through line in so many comedians lives and so many of their acts. Um, do you feel like that's true? And do you feel like that like in I mean, facing your own state of mind ever? There's, there's something in art and, and especially in art criticism mm-hmm. where things are given more weight because they're bleak or nihilistic <laughs> or or pessimistic. Yeah, and, that's and such that, a thing. Yeah, that can talk be about the, the whole Seattle grunge movement. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that can't be the that can't be the case all the time for right. everything. There right. there needs to be a, a balance. Yeah, it's it's radical to be hopeful now. It's radical to be optimistic, and I think that it's it's. An easier story to tell that we're all doomed and we'll we'll mm-hmm. never get out of this. But I, I think it's one we can't predict the future, and two on the on the way to the future, I, I find myself feeling a, a little bit more energy when I think I'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We've overcome a lot of bad things, and I just know that there are people who hear somebody interviewed about depression and they think, but that's, but that's you. And I, and I used to say that the same thing. And the one thing I will say is that I, I was, I was hopeless too. And I, I really didn't think there was, there was anything that was going to save me. And I didn't think that I would do comedy again. And I was, I was 
I was spending a lot of time thinking really scary thoughts and, and I, uh, I don't think it's brave what I did on the depression because I was so thrilled to be alive and, and thriving that I wanted to share it with, with anybody. And what I, what I really look to is, is to say how brave the people are who, are who are struggling with it, who are getting out of bed every day and are, and are, are fighting. I, I, I hope they know that they deserve that they deserve a, a medal for that because it's it's really hard. Just getting out of bed is is a real victory some days. And I used to say, just get out of bed for a half hour. If you want to go back to bed, go back to bed. But mm-hmm. but believe me, that half hour makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes a donut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, on that perfect note, thank you so much for being here, Gary. Oh, it was I, it was a pleasure. We'll we'll have to do it again in definitely. in uh, in person, maybe or something next year, uh, for sure. because it's it's delightful talking to you, and and I I feel that you may be an antidepressant yourself. <laughs> thank you, thank you so right. much. If you like this episode, please subscribe in Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a review. 